0: Welcome back to the ITK Podcast. I'm UK and let's get right into the show. In what many have speculated to be either the greed of a corporate pharmaceutical giant or perhaps the willful disregard for human life, Pfizer were indicted in a legal scandal that led to an outright settlement and a blatant exposure of unethical behaviour of unparalleled proportions, which unfortunately led to the loss of lives. It happened in 1996 in Kano, Nigeria. After the bacterial meningitis, measles and cholera epidemics began to plague the northern Nigerian city of Kano in 1996, the world took notice and it caught the attention of the pharmaceutical company Pfizer Inc., as well as other medical strata who were strategically positioned to be of aid. Six weeks after it learned of the epidemics, Pfizer dispatched a medical team to establish a treatment center at Cano's Infectious Disease Hospital. In addition to the Pfizer team, humanitarian organizations such as Doctors Without Borders also made their way to Cano to establish camp and aid in treating the sick. The hospital conditions were less than ideal but the medical practitioners were not going to be deterred by the realities of the working environment, even though the lack of constant running water and limited bed spaces available for patients made operations a bit daunting. In the mid-90s, Pfizer developed a drug, Trovafloxin mesylate, an antibiotic that is also known by its brand name as Trovan. They projected that its annual sales could exceed $1 billion a year, and they proceeded to conduct the largest drug testing program ever undertaken by enrolling thousands of participants in clinical tests. Prior animal testing, though, had indicated that Trojan might cause significant side effects in children, such as joint disease, abnormal cartilage growth, and liver damage, but human trials were carried out anyway. To test its new antibiotic, Pfizer treated 100 children with Trovan, while treating another 100 children with the regular anti-meningitis treatment ceftriaxone. They gave the children a noticeable reduced dose of this ceftriaxone, 33mg to be exact, which is far below the US FDA approved prescription of 50-100mg. to It's alleged this was done by them to skew their clinical tests in favor of Trovan to boost its market demand and their profits. Pfizer, however, claimed that the dose used was efficient, but later admitted after the fact that they indeed administered a reduced dosage to patients. Five children who were given Trovan died, as did six of those given the reduced dosage of ceftriaxone. To travel to Kano Pfizer needed the US Food and Drug Administration's authorization to export Trovan and approvals from the Nigerian government as well as IDH's ethics committee that would permit them to import Trovan to Kanu. When the case was brought against Pfizer for the death of the children from their clinical trials, the lead investigator Abdul Hamid Issa Dutsi discovered a letter of approval for human trials that was found out to be falsified. It was also alleged that the participants and their families were not told that they were part of a trial and that Doctors Without Borders were offering the standard treatment in another part of the same building. After Pfizer acknowledged reducing the dose of the standard treatment administered to patients, they said it was done to minimize injection site pain and that the mortality rates in both the Trovan and said Traxone arms of its trial were lower than those treated with chloramphenicol by Doctors Without Borders. But the explanation was not sufficient to stave off the indictments. Plaintiffs contended that Pfizer's sole purpose for traveling to Kano was to expedite the FDA's approval of Trovan to treat pediatric victims because prior to Kano, only one child had ever been treated with Trovan and even then, it was only after all other antibiotics failed. In response to plaintiff's allegations, Pfizer filed a motion to dismiss, alleging that the plaintiffs failed to plead a violation of the law of nations because their actions did not fit the narrow exceptions when a private party could be held liable under the law of nations. The court denied the motion to dismiss on the grounds because the complaint satisfactorily alleged that Pfizer had worked with the Nigerian government, thereby Pfizer acted as a quote-unquote de facto state actor. Pfizer then sought dismissal on grounds of forum non-convenience. Forum non-convenience is a court's discretionary power to decline to exercise its jurisdiction where another court may more conveniently hear a case. Notwithstanding the plaintiff's claims that the Nigerian court system was corrupt and could not provide an adequate alternative forum, the court ultimately found that Nigeria did in fact provide an adequate alternative forum and the Gilbert factors weighed in favor of transferring the case to Nigeria. Accordingly, the court granted the defendant's motion to dismiss this action on grounds of form non conveniens, provided Pfizer consented to suit an acceptance of process in Nigeria. Pfizer waived possible statute of limitation problems and made their documents and employees available. They also agreed to return to the United States if Nigeria declined to accept jurisdiction. The Nigerian plaintiffs appealed the District Court's Order of Final Judgment to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Pfizer cross-appealed denial of its motion to dismiss, and the Court of Appeals reviewed the forum non-convenience dismissal under the clear abuse of discretion standard. The Court of Appeals, however, revisited the court's analysis of the adequate alternative forum. While under normal circumstances, Niger appeared to be an adequate forum. In rare cases, this may not be enough. Only if the plaintiff shows that conditions in the foreign forum plainly demonstrate that plaintiffs are highly unlikely to obtain basic justice, a defendant's forum non-convenience motion must be denied. The Court of Appeals also noted that the plaintiffs have submitted a number of affidavits from the US State Department and United Nations officials to buttress their claims about corruption in the Nigerian judiciary. The Court of Appeals then acknowledged that on appeal, both parties had requested judicial notice of facts contained within the record of a parallel proceeding involving different plaintiffs in a Nigerian court. The referred to parallel proceeding was known as Zango v. Pfizer or the Zango Litigation. The Zango Litigation had also recently been dismissed in Nigeria. The court then declined to take judicial notice of the Zango Litigation Instead, opting to vacate the district court's dismissal on grounds of forum non-convenience and remanding the case back to the district court to consider the implications of the Zango litigation on its forum non-convenience analysis. For these reasons, the Court of Appeals vacated and remanded the case back to the district court. The district court's search for a proper review of the Zango litigation brought a direct response from the Court of Appeals holding which questioned whether Nigeria was in fact an adequate alternative forum because the Zango litigation had ended in dismissal. It was then discovered that the plaintiffs had filed a notice of discontinuance based upon the federal high court having declined jurisdiction in this matter for personal reasons. The court also addressed the plaintiffs' allegations of corruption within the Nigerian judiciary. Even though the plaintiffs provided charges of corruption and circumstantial evidence at best, The court ultimately decided that the plaintiffs were unable to establish corruption and bias in the Zango litigation. They however found that dismissal of the case was actually as a result of the plaintiffs waiting endlessly for a new judge to replace Judge Hoborn, who had recused himself for personal reasons, which was a bit odd. But for these reasons, the district court again found that Nigeria provided an adequate alternative forum. Having set forth the relevant standard, the court evaluated whether Pfizer did in fact violate customary international law. First, the district court found that the Nuremberg Code, which governs scientific research on human subjects, does not provide a private cause of action. Second, the district court found that the Declaration of Helsinki and the CIOMS guidelines did not also provide a private cause of action. Instead, finding these guidelines Are merely a general statement of policy that were unlikely to give rise to obligations in any strict sense. Third, the district court found that the ICCPR was not self executing and that a private right of action could not be implied. Finally, the district court found that the Universal Declaration of Human Rights does not impose obligations as a matter of international law. Instead, they are merely aspirational. Therefore, none of the sources of international law cited by the plaintiffs were a proper predicate for jurisdiction under the Alien Toy Claims Act. For the aforementioned reasons, the court granted Pfizer's motion to dismiss. On the 5th of June 2007, the government of Nigeria filed a suit again against Pfizer in the Nigerian Federal High Court seeking $6.95 billion in damages. The case was dragged on for about two years with continuous talks held between the government of Kano State and the representatives of Pfizer. The talks were brokered by the former Nigerian military leader, Yakubu Gowon, and the former US President, Jimmy Carter. In February 2009, after the United States Court of Appeals agreed to hear the case, both parties reached a settlement agreement, and they put the agreement to paper in a scheduled meeting in London where the representatives met. Amidst the agreement... An ominous air surrounded the entire case when the medical records of the victims of the 1996 Pfizer Truvan clinical trial could not be found at the Kano State Ministry of Health nor at the Infectious Diseases Hospital where the trials were conducted. According to the state's Attorney General and Commissioner for Justice, Barrister Aili Umar, the Nigerian delegates sent to Rome to sign the settlement had negotiated for an additional $10 million to be paid in addition to the publicized. $75 million settlement agreed with Pfizer, and it doesn't take a wizard to put together the connection between the extra $10 million and the vanishing of the patient's records. That's it for this week's episode. Special thanks to Dosecake for writing this episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get a podcast fix. Follow the podcast so you can get your weekly updates. If you have any topics, events or people you would like to see covered, hit me up on Twitter at ITK underscore podcast or on Instagram at ITK underscore podcast. I'm UK and this has been the ITK Podcast.